Hey there, friends. You know, our lives could improve for the better if we would but partake of God's provisions. He provides and protects. Let's make this day a day of improvement for our lives. Let's study together today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Thank you to our Jay Webb for his kind words, and thank you for joining us today for our studies from the International Gospel Hour. For nearly 90 years we have been over the air and grateful to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, and God's provisions unto us from His Word. How grateful we are for your interest in those things. Today we want to consider a lesson, and I want to pause and thank an individual, and the best I can say is to thank an individual anonymously. I do not know where I received the following study. I know I collected it from a preacher gathering, and it was in my files, and while going through my files, trying to become paperless like so many of you strive to do as well, I came across a wonderful study dealing with the provisions of God. And today, talking about His provisions and His protection, just a wonderful study. We're going to be looking at Noah and the ark, and then we're going to be looking at some parallels therein. I think today will be of great interest to you. Dear friends, when we think about the world, you know, In some worldly radical religious groups today, we see the committing of suicide to take the lives of those who do not believe what they do, and they do all that in the name of their quote-unquote God. Is their God so weak that he cannot render judgment upon the non-believers himself? Or could this be a creed thought up by some man? You know, our God above does not expect us to render judgment on the wicked, for He did say, Vengeance is mine, Romans 12:19. And God never asks us to intentionally harm ourselves. In fact, He does the exact opposite. He will protect His people. Now, that doesn't mean that God's people will not face persecution. Oh, we will. Jesus taught us that. But this protection that we have is from an almighty God and not some mere man. And the manner in which our God always protects His people can be seen in two areas for our consideration today. We want to take a look at Noah, as we mentioned moments ago. And we want to take a look at those who are obedient unto God and the protection that He provides. We'll think on these things today as we discuss the provision, and the protection of God. But first, since we're going to an Old Testament study, we have a very special in-home study that you can do, and some great material on the book of Job. Here is our J-Web with more details. The study of Job is one that comforts and helps one along in understanding suffering. 
In a world today with so many questions about suffering and hurt, we find ourselves wondering and looking for hope. We at International Gospel Hour want to send a free study, Life Lessons from the Book of Job. It's yours for the asking, absolutely free. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Job Study. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Job Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com Click on the Contact tab and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Job Study in the message blank. We hope it will be of help. Let's continue our study. Dear friends, let's think about the protection of God and that God protected Noah by providing him with instructions to build an ark. From Genesis chapter 6, beginning with verse 14, God told Noah, Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Friends, God's instructions for the ark were perfect. The size and the weight of the ship would have made it impossible for it to capsize. From Genesis 7 and verse 20, we find where the waters prevailed 15 cubits upward, and the mountains were covered. Well, 15 cubits was half the height of the ark, and the water rose above the mountains just high enough for the ark to pass over. That's amazing. What would have happened if Noah would not have followed these simple instructions? Well, dear friends, let's keep that question in mind as we go on. How did God protect Noah? Well, the ark saved Noah from the water. The ark was strong and able to withstand the fearsome storm. Remember, not only rain from above, but the power or the eruption from the deep and how the waters, if you will, exploded from the deep, which would raise up the ark that was on dry ground. What if Noah would have used, say, wafer board? Well, friends, it would not have lasted. The water saved Noah from that sinful world. Noah and his family were living amongst very wicked people, and the water lifted Noah and his family out of that sinful place, cleansed the world, and sat them back down in a clean world. This destruction of the sinful world actually saved humanity. If the world would not have been cleansed of these evil people, sooner or later, Noah and his family would have died then there would be no God-fearing people left. There would have been no one for God to have to build the ark. And there would have been no one left worth saving. We realize from the very outset that God provides and God protects. So with that being said, consider this, friends. Noah was saved by grace, faith, Law and works. Now, don't let that astound you. 
God's provisions of these four made it possible for Noah and his family to be saved. From Genesis 6 and verse 8, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Earlier in chapter 6 and verse 5, we note that the wickedness of man was great. And it was because of God's grace that Noah was warned of the flood and allowed to build the ark. And without God's grace, Noah would not have been saved. But have you considered how Noah was saved by faith? Hebrews 11 and verse 7 says, Well, actually, let's go back up to verse 6. The Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Now, friends, from the outset, verse 6 of Hebrews 11 With faith, one will come to God. God will reward that one who believes in Him and who is seeking Him. Now, verse 7, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith Noah prepared an ark, and again, without faith it is impossible to please God, and without faith Noah would not have become the heir of the righteous, Hebrews 11.7. Without faith Noah would not have been saved. He would not have done a thing. He may have believed in God, but had he not built the ark, he would not have been saved. He was told in Genesis 6.14, Make yourself an ark, as we noticed. Now, friends, what does this have to do with law? Well, was this not a command from God to build the ark? And Noah had to obey the law or the command of God. God gave Noah specific directions without which Noah would not have been able to build the ark. Well, sure, he could have built a ship, But what about the dimensions of the ship? Noah couldn't have known how large that ship needed to be to keep from turning over during the flood, for nothing like this had ever happened. If Noah would not have obeyed the law or the commands of God, then he would not have built an ark. He would not have saved his family from the flood. He would not have saved himself from the flood and all of life would have been lost. Without God's law, Noah would not have been saved. Now watch. Genesis 6.22 simply says, Thus or this did Noah. Folks, do you realize how works or our action follow the law? Our works follow the law. Obedience to the law, well, That's works. If Noah would have decided to just sit around and wait for God to build an ark, he would have drowned. And if he would have had the attitude of, I have faith that God will miraculously build the ark for me, it would not have worked. What if Noah would have said, well, God has to build the ark for me. I can't save myself. Dear friends, without works, Noah would not have been saved. Now, friends, let's ask a question. How does God protect us today, and how are we saved today? 
Friends, we have brought up a discussion about grace, faith, law, and works. And we can see in light of Scripture how they blend in together. And friends, when we think on these things, sometimes our wheels get to turning. Let me pause here for our broadcast, and within our broadcast, if you will, and share with you that we have a free Bible study course that's available by mail. Now, everything that we offer from International Gospel Hour is free. We don't want your money. We will not request you to send a gift for material that we offer. Everything we offer is free. The Book of Job study moments ago, well, if you haven't called in and requested that, then how about requesting our free Bible study course and just add in and the Job study as well, and we'll send both of them. We'll see that you get both of them. But our free Bible study course is requested by so many, and we would love to send it to you. We'd love for you to give it a try. So I'm going to pause here, allow our J-Web to step back in and tell you how you can receive your free Bible course by mail, and then we will continue our thoughts today of the provision and the protection of God. Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God. Now, friends, let's consider that God protects us by providing us with instructions for a safe haven. Just like Noah... He's going to protect his people. Have you ever considered that the saved make up the church? In Acts 2 and verse 47, the Bible says they were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So, friends, those who are saved make up the church, which is the body of Christ. Listen to Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We submit to you that the church is also called the house of God. For in 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul said, But if I am delayed, I write, so that you may, I write rather so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is also called the bride of Christ, for in Revelation 22:17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Well, friends, how many safe havens did God give us? Well, can we ask a question? How many arks did he give Noah? That's right, friend, only one. And Ephesians 4 and verse 4 says that there is only one body. And we noticed moments ago that the body is the church, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Now, what benefits does one have in that one church? 
Well, first, we become a new creation, and we do that when we put off our old life of sin in baptism. Romans 6, verses 3 through 6. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. When was the old man of sin crucified? When did we put him to death? When we were buried in baptism. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a wonderful parallel. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Friends, did you notice that the old man of sin is crucified and we were raised in a newness of life? Therefore, from 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The Christian has all spiritual blessings in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. There is redemption and forgiveness of sins according to Ephesians 1 and verse 7 and Colossians 1, 13 and 14 that teaches how we are translated or conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So we've been placed in the church as well as in the kingdom, the one body. According to 2 Timothy 2 and verse 10, we are reminded how we are uh, as the elect of God. Well, here's how Paul put it. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Salvation in Christ. Salvation in the church. In His body. And dear friends, one can have eternal life. Listen to 1 John 5, 11-13. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Dear friends, think about the one church. Now let's ask a question. Can we be saved outside of the church, the body of Christ? Friend, may we ask a question? Would Noah have been saved if he had decided that he didn't want to get into the ark? And maybe if he changed his mind later and decided to get off the ark, would he have lived? Without a doubt. No, he would not have, folks. So, if it is possible to be saved outside of the church, then these things are possible. First, If one can be saved outside the church, he can be saved without being married unto Christ. And the church is the bride of Christ, Revelation 21.9 and Revelation 22.17. Second, if one can be saved out of the church, he can be saved outside the family or the house of God. But what did Paul say when he wrote to Timothy that the church is the house of God, 1 Timothy 3.15? Third, if one can be saved out of the church, he can be saved without being reconciled to God. But Ephesians 2.14 tells us, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, 
having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Now, verse 16, And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And fourth, let us notice that if one can be saved outside of the church, he can be saved without the blood of Christ. Do we believe that the blood of Christ is necessary for salvation? Well, indeed it is. For Christ purchased the church with his blood, Acts 20:28. Fifth, if one can be saved out of the church, he can be saved without being called out. And Ephesians 2 and verse 12 reminds us how we are called out from being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. And if one is saved without being called out, then one could conclude that he is saved without that which called him out of the world, and that is the gospel message, 2 Thessalonians 2.14. What are we when we are outside the church, the body of Christ? Ephesians 2 and verse 12 calls us aliens and individuals who are strangers with no hope and without God. But friends, how are we saved? May I submit to you the same way as Noah. We are saved by grace, faith, law, and works. First, we are saved by God's grace. And Titus 2, verses 11 through 14 affirm unto us how the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. This verse does not say that all men have obtained salvation. It says that God's grace brings salvation before all men and is accessible. It's a teaching grace that teaches us, as we note from Titus 2, 11-14, to deny sin, to live right, to look unto God, to remember, and how all of this is pleasing to God. Second, we are saved by our faith in God. Can a person be saved without being pleasing to God? Well, of course not. Hebrews 11.6 told us that. The definition of faith is found in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And dear friends, when you consider that in Romans 10.17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, faith is not a blind faith. We have evidence to prove what we believe. And some would have us to believe that we have a blind faith. There is a big difference of a boy that jumps out of a window and assumes his father will catch him, or a boy that hears his father saying, jump, and so he jumps, because he knows he's there. He has faith he will catch him. Third, are we not saved by the law of Christ? Now, I'm not referring to the law of Moses, because we know that we could not be justified by the law of Moses, Acts 13.39. We are made clean by the blood of the law of Christ, that is part of the Old Covenant, Hebrews 9, 22-24. And we know that we will be judged one day by the law of Christ, John twelve forty eight through 50 He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judge him, judges him, rather, the word that I have spoken, the same will judge him in the last day. And dear friends, we will one day be judged by that law. And last, we are saved by works. Or in other words, we are saved by our obedience or our action based upon our faith to the law of Christ. 
Hebrews 5, 8 and 9, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And James lets us know that faith without works or action is dead. James 2, 18 through 26. Dear friends, I submit to you that salvation requires all of these things. Without the grace of God, there is no salvation. Without faith in God, there is no salvation. Without the law of Christ, we would have no salvation. And without obedient works or respond to the law of Christ through faith, we would have no salvation. May I ask, are you allowing God to protect you? Are you in the church where forgiveness of sins and salvation is found? And have you been added to the Lord, by the Lord rather, to that one body of Christ, the church of our Lord, and the salvation that is in Christ Jesus? Dear friends, let's think on these things. For we get into Christ through our baptism into Christ, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, and as we noted from Romans 6, 3 and 4. But listen to 1 Peter 3, 20 and 21. Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We began with Noah, and we end with Noah. Noah was saved through his obedience, the grace that came unto him, the faith in that he believed in God, the commands that God brought forth, and his works that responded to his faith. Dear friends, I submit to you, we are saved through God's grace through faith, in obedience to the law of Christ, and our works are not what we do to gain salvation, but as a response to our faith. Let's think on these things, shall we? And I really appreciate you joining me for our study today from the International Gospel Hour. Until next time, friends, I'm Jeff Archie. Please join me again, and as always, keep listening. Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. To God be the glory.